But like whenever somebody says to me, you can't do something, it just makes me go, oh, I'll show you. Yes, everybody, welcome to Breaking Bread, the Birmingham food podcast presented by Food Obsessed Mates, Liam and Carl. I'm yours, Liam. Sitting opposite me is with his awesome new tattoo, Carl. Yeah, man, in some pain, but nevertheless. Yeah, he's in a bit of pain. Bless him. It's fine. I've had no sleep because I had to sleep with a load of cling film wrapped around my arm. And you're getting no symphony from, symphony? sympathy from anyone because oh, it's no, no, well no. self-inflicted. How you doing, man? I'm knackered. Yeah. Yeah, knackered. I've been up <laughs> since three. I'm absolutely shattered. <laughs> man, these last 10 days have been like, Roller coaster. Ah, like. oh, we've been out eating, drinking everywhere. Like we are very, very lucky. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to make this sound like a chore. This has been like living the dream, competition winning. Oh, especially kind of. you. You've been out more than me. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. It's some been crazy. Doing. Like the Saturday was the one, wasn't it? Saturday was so cool. Oh, mate, Saturday. Yeah, the Leeds. Uh, to Leeds to try North Brews opening up at one Snow Hill, where old Opus Bar used to be. Yeah. We were very luckily got picked to go up and try the two places in Leeds. Mm. They're two brew places up there. Yeah, it was wicked, wasn't it? The beer, I mean, I could only try the alcohol free, and that was like a good seven, range. So, yeah, seven yeah, alcohol frees. I was like, yes, <laughs> I'm living the dream here. The state was phenomenal. I can't think of another microbrewery or craft brewery where they just, what, which one do you want? They bring out seven fucking cans. Yeah, yeah you normally get a choice of two, which is fine. I'm lucky to have one, but seven. <laughs> Especially when you talk to them and you realise how much effort goes into making a non-alcoholic beer. Like, it's yeah, more effort yeah. than making beer. It's a double process, obviously. You have to brew it as if normal and then kind of reverse engineer the alcohol out of it. So that's why it's expensive. So you've got it. seven it's, different ones, man. Don't moan it. It's not the same price as a Coca-Cola because it's twice the fucking work and it's delicious. How is the normal beer? Ah, oh, mate, I did my best to try all of them. <laughs> I heard you banging about Neon Raptor before, like you were mad on Neon Raptor. Yeah, they did a collab with Neon Raptor, who I'm a big fan of, and they tend to just do very strong beers a lot of the time. Yeah, but it was all that they did a collab that I had the other night with, because they gave us some cans as well to take home. So there was this one with Dig Brew, and that was fantastic. And the collab with Neon Raptor is amazing. But just their own beers as well, just 100% mm. their own. Like, they were all amazing. They did a wicked sour. They're, they're way bigger than anything we've got in Birmingham. Their rotation, their tanks, because we got on a brewery tour as yeah, well. Yeah, I, I was blown away because we've been into quite a few of the breweries in Birmingham, but this was like huge. <laughs> well, I'll be funny. You see North Brew and like Tesco's and Sainsbury's, they're like they're sold everywhere. They've been going for a long time though. They were here before the kind of whole craft beer revolution. Yeah, yeah, they were like really early on, weren't they? Yeah, so we went to the brewery and then we went over to their normal bar tap room, I think they call them. Yeah, 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 that sounds about right. And uh, it's very similar to what we're going to expect from Snow Hill. And I got food from Little Bow Boy, which was class. Yeah, we got given loads of bows to try, didn't we? Yeah, some really great bows. The beef one was phenomenal. The uh, tofu fries, man, surprisingly good. You know what? That was tofu. one of my favourite things, the crispy yeah. tofu fries. Crispy tofu is delicious. But did you try the to- tofu bar? No, I never got a chance. I felt bad having the tofu bar. Yeah, there were some vegetarians there, weren't there? It seems mad to nail all the chicken and the beef ones and yeah, <laughs> start yeah, eating the veggie ones yeah yeah <laughs> but it was really nice they put a lot of effort he was saying about how he like makes like 
a ridiculous number of bows every morning. Um, puts a lot of effort in, and obviously that's coming to Birmingham as well. It's a, it's in a, it's a quite handy spot, but it's an unusual spot because they're asking you to do something you've probably never done before, which is come <laughs> out of Snow Hill and turn left. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go straight to Great Western or right. Turn left. But I mean, it's literally like you turn yeah. left, you can see it. It's yeah, right yeah, yeah. there. It's not far at all. Like it's going to be a good location. It's going to be a wicked bar. I'll just go and grab a couple of bars on the a cheeky point before getting on the train snow hill. Perfect. Yeah, like. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're coming. There'll be more information on that soon. Yeah. Yeah. That was wicked. That so was. There'll be like an opening party, and hopefully we'll be at that and stuff like that. So you'll hopefully. see plenty of pictures and stories for that. And then the day after, no rest. We went to. The a pop-up we were mega excited about. Yeah, super pop-up, man. Yeah. That's crazy at Bonehead. Bonehead and Cobra. Cobra Co, I think it is. Yeah, Apologies Cobra if that's Co, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's Cobra, definitely. Ram, we each ordered one of everything, didn't we? Yeah, one of everything. Your little tick Well, box. not one. We had a <laughs> ramen each. Yeah, share a ramen. ramen. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't share ramen. Nah, it's not a share of food. But that was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, chicken. I did feel a little rough, but you didn't saw me drinking, so I didn't feel that bad. The fried chicken was banging. Oh, you had the, um, what was it called? Uh, sake bomb. S- sake bomb, yeah. Yeah, it was high balls and beers. I was going through that day. Yeah, I loved it. The whole experience had the music as well, like Japanese music playing. Yeah, like Japanese metal and stuff like that. Like, just perfect. Yeah. Like, it, it's everything about that place. It's just fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah. It was a perfect team as well. Kobe really stepped up as well. That ramen. Probably, well, I, I haven't ate a lot of ramen. Just pulling it out there, but that was... Oh, mate, it was ridiculous. It was so tasty. Everything about the experience was great. Photos turned out pretty well, so if you want to see them, head over to our Insta. Oh, yeah, check the photo. They're like professional quality photos. Great photo of you. Stuffing your face with noodles. Tell you what, man. (laughs) Can't take a bad photo photo of this kid, man. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and then Monday, uh, again. Next day after that, we're right again. What do we do Monday? See, this is all, I know we just talked about it as well. <laughs> I've just forgotten everything because it all blends into one giant weekend of madness. So, the Chef's Forum very kindly invited us to their lunch down at the Grand Hotel, which is a place we loved anyway. Yeah, there was some crazy good cooking that day. And it was good to me, look, because it's like a big networking event. You speak to loads of people in the industry and loads of people that have been on the podcast were there. Remember, like, on the way there, we were a little bit nervous because we were a bit like imposter syndrome, I think. We were like... You were, I don't give a monkey. I was a bit like, you know, this is for chefs. We're not really chefs. We don't even work in hospitality. I did kept getting asked, like, oh, breaking bread, What where's that? Yeah, yeah, what I'm restaurant's like, that? I want a podcast, then, baby. I was a bit nervous we wouldn't know anyone as well. And then as soon as we got there, we like met Dan Lee and the girls from Verbena, Laura. We, we ended up knowing it pretty much the whole room. It was cool. Yeah, it was wicked. And we got split up and just got to meet even more people. Yeah, it's a great experience, man. Which was, yeah, it was wicked. The food was great. Oh. We had Adam cooking. Adam's yeah. chicken was banging. Louisa's uh, soup. That was awesome. Yeah, it was top chefs, man. MK from Roger Monkey. Yeah. Angelina. Angelina. Yeah, Tuto. Said that in unison. <laughs> <laughs> just a great day. We had great fun. Yeah, no. There was more people cooking as well. And it was people from the college in there as well. And... It was just really nice, good food. Good vibes. Went out afterwards, went Albert's after. Just a good day. You gotta, if it, like, Albert's is one of them for me now. It's like... If you're in town, you gotta go. If I'm in that part of town, I would be amazed. Even if I just went to not go in or eat or drink, I'd be amazed if I didn't pop in there for a Pilsner. Yeah. I thought you said Pilsner. 
popping. Oh, yeah, it's not that fun. <laughs> it's not the 90s. <laughs> it's not the rainbow. No, the old rainbow. The old rainbow, not the new rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Don't sue us. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, so we just obviously, we, we met her on Monday at the launch as well. But today's episode is with mega talented chef Laura Kimber. Yeah, um, from Salt. Michelin star Salt in Stratford-Navon. This one we've been talking about for ages, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, like we, met, we, met her, yeah, we met her. We've kind of become friendly with her. Obviously, she's Sonal's partner. So we, we knew her through Sonal as well. And just a great, great chat, you know. I hate picking favourites. And I, it's hard to not get caught up in the enthusiasm. Like when you're editing and stuff, you're thinking, this is brilliant. But honestly, this episode is phenomenal. I remember it being a very fun one. I say remember it was only last week. But yeah, it was fun, but like it was good. It was she really covered some, good. Chat, um, man. Some deep issues, man. Like uh, yeah. we talked a little bit about mental health, mental health in the industry. Yeah. So if you've got any issues with that, bear in mind that there is talk of mental health in this episode. Yeah, yeah. We don't want. But that's good for us. That's good. We want to promote it. We want to promote sounds. An odd word, but we want to get yeah. people talking about it more, normalise it. Yeah, destigmatise it, that's it. And yeah, not promoting mental health like it's something you should have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> get yeah. mental health now. <laughs> no, but obviously if you want to hear more about that, uh, if you're interested more in mental health and hospitality, there's a really like awesome podcast that I recommend, and that's The Burnt Chef Project with Chris Hall. Go and listen to that because it's, yeah, it's all about that and it's really, really good. Loads of great links and stuff. I'll put all links to all of this in, in the show notes. So obviously, if you, if you are struggling at the minute, go and check out them links. Might be able to help you out a bit. You know, it's worth it just if like have the people that listen, even just one person yeah. goes and gets help from yeah, just listening yeah, yeah. to what we talk about, then yeah. it was worth it, you know what I mean? Yeah. She's just so passionate and she works so hard to get where she is. It's a great restaurant as well. So it's yeah, we're lucky that we've eaten her food. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She's a very, very talented chef, like, head chef, like, she's just amazing. The interview went really well. She's really cool. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, you don't, like, I don't care about picking favourites. I'll tell people anyway, but yeah, this is one of the best episodes we've done. I think it's because you can hear the kind of nervousness at the beginning and then as it goes along, she opens up and opens up and tells her story and it's just phenomenal, as yeah. you're about to hear. Yeah, enjoy people. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Laura Kimber. And I kick him. Hello. <laughs> Why do you, you never does that? <laughs> Let's see how it goes from here. Hold on, I'm going to make it really hard to edit this one. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> and he's swinging on his chair. I know, it's not creaking. I don't know what's wrong. Laura, welcome on the podcast. How are you doing? Very well. Done. Thank you for it's having me. It's only been me. 10 months since we asked you. I know. I but know, to be fair, but... you, we've got you on quick compared to some yeah. people that we've asked. Well, I'm privileged. <laughs> I think Pip, when we had Pip, I think it was like two and a half years. Or so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took a while. I think she was literally the first person I asked to come on the podcast. And she was like, yeah, man, fuck it, let's do it. And then, and then like two and a half years <laughs> yeah. later. But COVID? COVID, COVID happened. COVID That's the excuse. Yeah, it did fine. fuck up a lot of stuff. Just blame COVID. It's yeah. always the one. Yeah. It does seem like a lifetime ago. Remember that night where we met you at... Um, Christ. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was ages ago, wasn't it? Three years ago. I think we'd only just started the podcast then, hadn't we? It was this time of year. 
It was this I time of year. Yeah, it was, yeah. Because yeah. it was really cold. Yeah, and everyone was looking for so, this place that we'd never heard of. I can't remember what it was called. I know it's been underneath a hostel, wasn't it? A restaurant. It was three years hostel. ago. It definitely yeah. was three years three ago. Years I remember ago. that now. Yeah, because I'd only been with Sonal a few months then. So, yeah. Yeah. It would have been three three years. That is madness, isn't it? It's crazy. Yep. There you go. Look how Ten far months, so you've done well. Consistent. Yeah. That's it, man. Here we are. Ten months. I thought you were just for three years. No, <laughs> since I... Oh. No, you've been there. So you've been really well in them three years. Yeah. Well, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll cover that, don't worry. Yeah. Coming up later. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up later. Crazy three years, but no, it's We've done five great. minutes on the BBC and our coughing's for like radio presenters. I missed that. Yo, I really missed that. I, I didn't wanted do anything. to listen you to did it. it. I was just sat in the kitchen laughing. Do you know what? To I was that nervous because they tell you like, oh, you can't mention like specific restaurants. You can't mention. And I'm like, well, that kind of defeats our <laughs> podcast. Your podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, we did actually mention Sona because nice. they were asking us and I thought, who was I thinking? I was trying to think of like the most crazy stories, and I was thinking of Sonal going over like the desert in a hot air balloon. I was like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh, he's a ridiculous out. human being. <laughs> he's just yeah, what a guy. Yeah. But we've done that podcast with him. It was a great podcast. I'm biased, but today it, was, it was your best podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Next to this one, obviously. Obviously, yeah. This one's all about you and how's things? Good. Yeah, good. Still, still busy, still going. We're all still there. Um, it's a yeah. weird thing, isn't it? Because I mean, I was out in town Saturday night, and it felt like the German market was back in town. You know, it was the that lights busy. are up already as well, that. and it's like, oh, don't bring the German market up. It was so busy, and it's like, <laughs> are people not watching the news? Are we not meant to be just about to go into like the worst recession ever? I know. And it's like. No one cares. <laughs> I'm, like, no. I'm yeah, still going people, out. Maybe people are just making the most of it now. They're like, fuck yeah, it, maybe, I'm going to yeah. spend my money now because I'm not going to have any income next year. Yeah, yeah it must be that because <laughs> everyone's still going to like, these. We were at eight and that was um, busy. Oh, I was at eight. It wasn't. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> Where was I? I was just eating curry at home. Nice. Yeah. I've just been to Lou from yeah. one of my favourite takeaways. So I was pretty happy. <laughs> so things are just keeping busy. So you're from obviously Mitch and Star Salt yeah. in uh, Stratford Haven. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, I call stuff great at Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I believe like anywhere from kind of Stratford up to kind of near Stafford, that's all kind of Birmingham, I would say. Yeah. But no, that's yeah. how I sneak it in anyway. Yeah, we can get it in that way. <laughs> well, I live it's, in Birmingham, so that's yeah, the link, isn't it? It's fine. Yeah. I'm here. You're a Brummie? No. No, Don't I'm not. sound like it. No, Unless no. you're posh. No, no. I'm from Winchester originally, <laughs> down in Hampshire. So, yeah. My parents still live there, so I get to go down quite a lot and see them. And nice. yeah, that's my that's my roots really, Winchester. And yeah, I travelled, lived in different parts of the country: Chester, Padstow, Cotswolds, and now yeah, settled in Birmingham for three years. So yeah, it's been great. All and all the beautiful places in the in very Bur- nice in places. The UK. Yeah, located <laughs> the most beautiful place in the UK. <laughs> I love Birmingham though; it's such a nice city. Like I've never I've never been before I lived. Like and. Everybody's really nice. What did you think before you came here? Did you think it was going to be as nice as it was? Uh, you can be honest. It's all right. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's sort of one of those places you just sort of drive past on the motorway. I didn't really have any sort of ideas of it, you know? Yeah. But as soon as I got here, I was like, yes, I like it. I really like it. Because I always wanted to live in London. My sister used to live in London. Mm. So whenever I used to visit her, I was like, I have to live here. And she was like, you don't. She was like, there's a difference between visiting and living. Mm. So to move to Birmingham, I was like, it's a great city. And it's it's not that like manic London scene, you know. And just, people are genuinely really nice here. It's, they're just lovely. It's great. And the food, restaurants, all that sort of thing. Brilliant. So how long yeah. ago did you come to Birmingham? Did you say? Three? I moved in three years ago. Three yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Good time to come, really. Everything since then. It like, was. I moved just... in two weeks before lockdown. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That was intense. Why did you pick Birmingham? Um, just because Sona was here. So I moved in with him. Um... So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, Boris made his speech and that was it. That was that. Oh, man. That was locked so weird. In, locked was... into Birmingham. And but... then you were just locked in a flat with Sona <laughs> yeah. for a year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never-ending supply of champagne. Oh, it was brilliant. It was great. <laughs> he did one. It was a Moet tasting, and I think he had six bottles of Moet, and he was, like, on Zoom doing it, and he had, like, small glass, and then he passed me the bottle, passed me a bottle of rosé, <laughs> and I was just there on the sofa just listening to him. With a he straw. finished it. No, he finished, like, the, pod, the uh, Zoom, and he was like, do you have any more of that rosé? And I was like, no, mate, that went about an hour ago. Like, of course I don't. He's, he's a great guy as well. Do you know what I mean? He's that sort of person you need to get you through something so horrendous as lockdown. So mm. can't complain. Were you busy during lockdown with Salt? Did they do much during that time? Uh, we didn't for the first five months. So we went back to work in the September. And then we opened for about a month. And then you know when it went into those weird tears, oh, which okay. I'd, nobody understood. And it was I think at that time everybody knew that Birmingham would go into tier three, was it, or yeah, something? Yeah, that's right. But you're um, Warwickshire there, aren't you? Yeah, but so then because we were two, like, oh, it? the rates are quite low compared to Birmingham, we'll, we'll be fine, we'll be two, so we can open. And then I remember it came on the news and that was it, on the whatever day it was. It was a lunchtime and we were just like, shit. And, and that was three. it. Well, it was two. It was close to here, Worcester. Worcester, Worcester was, yeah, yeah Worcester which is bizarre because, yeah, you know, I don't know how they worked that one out, but there you go. No, it's fucking that. The whole thing, it was all mental. It was, yeah. I mean, it it's almost feels of... like we dreamt it. Now we talk about it, right? No, that never happened. Because it it's yeah, so it ridiculous. Yeah, it's and you're so like, ridiculous. Who actually came up with that idea? Just... You can tell no one had done any. They'd done planning. They just didn't look at any of the plans in No, they <laughs> planned it over cheese and wine it. parties, didn't they? And that yeah. was it. Yeah, fucking wankers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, we did um, takeaway boxes from then on in, sort of until the, what was it, April? Was it April where everything reopened? It was coming, it was May? just after spring, wasn't it? I think it was May, May rings about, yeah. yeah. You should write these is. things down because yeah. when you think about it, like, I don't actually know what no. happened. But yeah. I'd like to forget all about it, to be perfectly honest. It was just mm. shit, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. But the, I mean, those boxes, it wasn't our food that we always do, but it was enough to sort of basically keep us in our jobs. That's essentially what it was. And mm. it worked. And we all came back to work. And yeah, it was tough, but let's hope it never happens again. Because yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah, I mean the two meter distancing. You can't like uh, I don't know who's been to sort who's listening to this, but it's 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 uh, snug. <laughs> yeah, we took yeah. one table out. Yeah. Um, and then we just never put that table back in, and then we had yeah. the refurb, and then yeah, it's just, we just got yeah those nice tight and... It's um space at a premium and so yeah, isn't it? it's... and it's listed building as well, mm. so there's you're limited to what you can actually do and stuff, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's but it's over, it's fine, we're here. We survive. Taking you right back. How did you get into cooking? How did I get into cooking? Um, well, I know I had a part-time job when I was 16. It's that cliche. I was a, I was a pot wash. <laughs> I was pot a pot wash in a pub. Um, but I was doing that whilst I was studying my A-levels. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and this part-time job just sort of, I then ended up doing like the prep and desserts. And then I was doing like split shifts Saturday, Sundays and working Friday evenings. And then I was just like, I love this. Like I was given a chef jacket and I was like, this is great. Like it was just that buzz of like working those splits and producing something that 
and you give it to somebody and they're just, do you know what I mean? They're so happy and you get that instant reaction. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I was doing three years at the A-level college I was at. I had to retake my master's GCC first year. So I was there for three years doing part-time. And then I just made the decision to go to Bournemouth and Poole College, which is part of Bournemouth Uni. And um, yeah, studied professional culinary arts and it's sort of, that's generally how it started. That was the very start of my career. Left there, worked for Michael Keynes in a couple of his properties. So I worked um, originally in the Cotswolds. That was my first job as a commie. And it was hard. It was brutal. It was like, it, Cotswolds busy. It's just, you know, yeah. it's that classic walking county, isn't it? And you just, yeah. What star was that? Was that Michelin? Or no, so that yeah. was um, Slaughter's Country Inn, which they just bought from another company. So they're doing a massive takeover. And I was meant to be one of many in a team. Um, and I stayed there, I think it was about nine months in total. Cause it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was brutal. And there was not a very nice head chef that I worked for at the time who, yeah, never want to ever meet him again. He was a vile character. How did it not put you off? Just think, oh, fuck this. I'm going to try somewhere else. I'm going to do something else. No, well, I, I don't know. I thought this was sort of being a chef. Do you know what I mean? I thought, oh, you're, you're meant to have stories, aren't you? Where... Somebody is just so nasty to everybody all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'll be telling it on a podcast one day. I think it's what people assume is going to happen. Yeah, as I did. Well. I, yeah, and I was just like, "Oh, that's fine. I'll just get on with it." And you know, the hours were long, and it was. I did like fourteen days straight, one day off, back for ten, one day off, and but I was like, "Oh yeah, this is it." And I was like, I was so naive to it. Do you know what I mean? And I was just like this hyped up, like twenty-year-old going, "Yeah, this is brilliant." And yeah, but then eventually I moved on to another one of his properties, which was Chester Abode. Uh, which overlooks the race course. Uh, worked in his fine dining restaurant up there. Again, it was great. It was great, but yeah, busy, full on. I learned a lot. I was on pastry there, so yeah. That... So it was Stu there? Was it Stu or Andrew that was there? Uh, they both were, but yeah. not when I was there. Oh. I think Stu had left, and then my head chef was a guy called Tom Hine, uh, who took mm. from him, took over mm. from him. Um, he then was became Michael's um, exec chef for the whole company and yeah. helps set up Limston Manor and stuff like that That's so right. yeah, yeah. um yeah that was my head chef Andrew don't think no he wouldn't have been there um but I yeah I not remember I knew one of them yeah I've heard yeah. this before what's this stage of it was this has happened like yeah <laughs> I mean it was a great property at the time and uh we followed sort of all of Michael's recipes from like Gidley so that's where he had his one star and we just followed that and it was it, I just learnt so much and he used to pop in like occasionally and everyone would shit themselves going, fuck is it like <laughs> quick tidy up make sure everything's perfect and yeah it was great it was fabulous and then, then I left there and sort of I don't know just start to fall out of love with cooking I think you know the hours sort of took its toll and I was a bit like no this isn't this isn't right mm. moved back to Winchester moved in with my parents and uh, just got a job in town nothing Nothing amazing, you know, just... Cooking still, or... Still cooking. Yeah. Um, you hear this quite commonly, don't you? Like, quite a few chefs just say, oh, we we take, like, a, a fuck-it job, like, where it's just... It's easy, but it's a bit soul-destroying, but it's easy. I think you have to. Yeah. Because it can be very intense. Mm. So I think you need that time to sort of reevaluate what it is you actually want. Mm. And I wasn't there long. I think maybe six months. But it was just enough time for me to go no, actually, I really want to go do this. And uh, we went for, like, my dad's birthday, we went down to Nathan Outlaws down in, uh, when he was at St. Endock Hotel. 
and we had the tasting menu and I was so blown away by it and I just sat there like really emotional going I fucked my career by leaving abode that and I, I just remember saying that to my family I was like I've ruined it I don't like I don't know how to come back to this this is what I want to do but I don't know I don't know how to come back from it and I got to speak to Nathan and he was like just just go and find somewhere that you're comfortable and like you'll be fine and you'll smash it and it's essentially what I did in a way um I took a slight detour so after I worked in Winchester I joined this management training program which was called 10 out of 10 um and it was set up by a lady called Sue Williams who's GM of Watley Manor uh she used to work at like Bath Priory to that and like just knew everything you know so the idea is that it was based in four and five star hotels across the country. Each placement was five months at a time, different departments. So I'd started on reception and then I did events and like HR. So no, sorry, events and marketing. And then I went to Mallory Court where I did my kitchen placement, which is where I met Paul. Um, and after that, then I did housekeeping at Chewton Glen, which is all gold hats off to any housekeepers out there because it is <laughs> brutal and people are disgusting like so <laughs> gross it's like you're paying a thousand pounds a night for this room and you're just vile and disgusting like come on put your rubbish in the bin yeah and then i ended up in padstow at rick steins for my front of house placement which yeah that was fun that was in the summer summer in cornwall Oh, oh nice. perfect timing. I was like, oh, I'll take that. I'll definitely <laughs> take that. Um, so, yeah, then I ended up staying on. So, Paul contacted me when he'd started his Kickstarter to set up Salt, uh, offered me a job, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take that. Obviously, that opened, well, where are we? February, March 2017. So, had you worked in the kitchen with him at Mallory? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was a kitchen. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that five months with him. Uh, they had, at Mallory, they had two kitchens. So they had the brasserie and they had mm. the main house, which is where he was. I was meant to go in the brasserie as well, but he was like, no, you're not going. You're staying here. So I stayed five months with him and yeah, it was great. Chefs become a bit tribal, don't they? They find chefs that they like working with and just try and say, no, you're stuck with me now. Yeah. <laughs> you're coming with he me. He said now. to me as I was leaving, because I had to do a, like, cook him a three-course meal. That was sort of like an assessment at the end. With the, I had to cook him and the general manager a five-course meal. Uh, sorry, three-course meal. He said to me at the end, he was like, you'd make a really great sous chef one day. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Didn't really think much of it. And then when he phoned me saying, do a job, got chef to party role going, I was like, okay, cool. Fine, I'll do it. <laughs> what um, did you cook him? Yeah, I was just thinking that. Did I cook him? I did, I think it was roasted stone bass with... I, God, I don't know what garnish it was. Very brave doing fish. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was a bit nervous. I'm not going to lie doing that. So yeah, it was stone bass and something else. I can't remember what else I put with it. The main was duck with like buckwheat risotto, carrots and I don't know actually. Dessert I, dessert I was a bit annoyed at. But it was like a an apple mousse and it was meant to be an apple sorbet, but it didn't work. And he was like, you would call it a granita. You'd like, I was like, okay, that's fine. Then we'll go with that. Yeah, it's a granita. That was it. It was, it was quite simple, but it sort of like reflected my five months with him. You know, it was sort of stuff that I'd learned when I was at Abode, like use recipes from there, but I'd also sort of reflected how he sort of cooked and his philosophy on food. And which I think is important when you go work for a chef, that's, you know, you, 
eventually you want to have your own identity and your cooking and what you put on your plate is you. But I think the idea that if you work with all these different chefs, you should pick up little bits of skill and their philosophy and especially if you're with them for a long time, you need to understand them and how they cook and what they want to to event their eventual goal. Do you know what I mean? That makes sense. Yeah. So that was that. And then yeah, he phoned me when I was in Padstow and he was like, there's the job. I was like, but it won't be until February. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So I stayed in Padstow until the January. So yeah, I did nine months or so in, in Padstow. And yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was very yeah. fun in Padstow. <laughs> yeah, party town. Small little party town down there. Isn't it just like Rick Stein owns everything there? Yeah, it's like a Monopoly board really, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> yeah, him and him and Paul Wainsworth. Yeah, yeah they just own the that. whole town. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, I worked in the seafood restaurant, which is in the middle of summer. Oh my God. Manic, you'd be doing near enough 200 covers in an evening. Wow, oh, yes, get your running shoes on for that. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine it's very busy, around yeah, the summertime. yeah. And the menu's huge, and you had to know like everything on it, which is great. Like, you you know, you understand the food again. Um, and then you had to know all the wines by the glass. And they had sommeliers, but you needed to know the wines by the glass and all the detail and stuff. And it was great, it was really great. And it, it's, it's quite old school in how they approach things and how they serve still, you know, and they've got runners that come up with big trays and stuff. And like, you just have to fill it a Dover sole at the table for the guests. I learned a lot from that side. Would I ever do it again? No. No. <laughs> no. Like, I know fish cookery, that's one of the hardest. Yeah, yeah. It's the hardest because it's the easiest to fuck up as well. Oh, yeah. And I think it's easy to overdo it, you know, in fish. It's, I, for me, I like it quite simple. Like, don't, don't, play around with it you know it's fish is fish if it if it's a good quality it will speak for itself you don't have to put too much on the plate for it to you know you, you'll end up destroying the flavors i think of something which is so beautiful and you have yeah. to respect it because it's it's fish you know it's you have to be sustainable with it i think we have to be conscious of how much we are fishing and you know if you end up just absolutely overcooking it and just oh, mutilating it, it. <laughs> especially the cost of it as well some of it's like ridiculously oh, priced to get hold day. of it's like stock market it's just insane sometimes well, you've but... cooked the one of the best fish dishes i've ever had and it's your dish as well no, it was my I was, uh, yeah i said to boss this is amazing yep yeah, that's laura's dish <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i said no this other one was good as well and he was like yeah that one's laura's as well yeah that was what you took that was off, like which one's turbot yeah. and potato mousse yeah, and, and then had, like, it had Marmite butter on top, yeah. Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You remember that one? Yeah, of course. That was, yeah. There's some dishes that I think about just every now and then. I'll just be like, oh, <laughs> that remember one. that dish? Nice. And that's definitely that. one of them. Thanks. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. I'm thinking about that dish now. I've got a bit smile on my face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It was sort of based on the idea of just a nice... I would think the original idea, I was like, sort of, I just wanted to do like a really nice fish pie. Do you know what I mean? Because it was autumn winter time and I was like mm. I love a fish pie and then I just the idea just evolved and I was like oh let's put some scraps on it and then make it sort of like a nice fish and chip sort of vibe and yeah that was very nice it's Paul quite open well, I mean obviously the head chef now so but I but presume yeah. he's quite open when you bring me a dish go try yeah. this he always has been he's never been like oh this is my menu you know you can't have any input um so when I started there was me Paul and another guy called Gibbo so me and Gibbo were both chef de party and uh yeah for, from like within six months I think we both had a dish on the menu because you have to that's the only way the business will evolve um and you know we wouldn't have been so Gibbo's now my sous chef and we wouldn't have been where we are 
if he'd restricted us in that, you know, we would, you know, potentially still chef the parties and getting bored, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have to do it. And, you yeah, know, it would be honest. He'd be like, no, that doesn't work. Or, yeah, no, it's great. But maybe add this or do that to that. And you're like, okay, you take it on board and you do it. And it, it will be on the menu. But, yeah, no, and I've adopted that as well. Because I've just thought, I'd like, I just don't want to take any creative control away from anybody. Like, I could have done becoming head chef. I could have been like, right, I'm going to put my mark on it and this <laughs> yeah, is mine. Yeah. But I wouldn't have got the respect from, like, Gibbo's been there. Like, I wouldn't, you know, people have just been like, who is she to, like, a week ago she was the sous chef and now she's coming here telling us what to do. I was like, everybody has different strengths. Like, pastry's not my strength, whereas it is other people's. And I want every single dish to be, like, beautiful and perfect. That I'm not going to go and go in pastry and do something which is sort of half-hearted and, like, you know, it's not the same quality as, like, a main course or something Mm. and... You know, that's the whole point of having a team. You're all a different skill set and you should all come together. You all have, you've all got the end goal, the same achievement that you want to make. So everybody should be involved yeah. from the apprentice up, really. You know, what is your strongest area then? Is I it pastry's like your worst? What's the top end? What's the thing that, yeah, I'll smash that. I think probably fish and meat curry, to be honest. Like the, 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 I like being on sauce and it's probably. I'm quite a stubborn person and typically like women go in pastry when you first start so my first job the head chef said to me oh I'll put you in pastry because women have cold hands and I was literally like sorry I was like (laughs) okay and sharp knives (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yeah. fire there mate um but like whenever somebody says to me you can't do something it just makes me go oh I'll show you so I'm literally like so determined to sort of do I guess the typical like boy sections you know where it's like meat and sauce is always like where the big chef goes and I was like no but I want to be on sauce I want to prove that I can be there and I can be as good as them if not better and then for somebody to tell me I have cold hands so you go on a pastry I was like fuck off mate I'm like come on <laughs> no <laughs> Um, Jesus. So yeah, it's sort of my like I'm comfortable in that section, and I can you know quite competent. I think you said then you're a, you're you're quite a stubborn person, but then before that you were saying talking quite openly about how it's a team effort yeah, and yeah, yeah. letting go of stuff. Is that <laughs> did that always come naturally? That part of you, like what, being a in a part of a team. Yeah, just but just letting go and not having an ego, putting your ego aside and saying. Uh, right, I'm not that great at this. This is somebody else. We need you to step up there and this yeah. is good for you. And it's something you have to learn. Um, I feel just... like a long time, you know, and not just in chefing, in kitchens, in most jobs, most people get berated for the stuff they can't do instead of encouraged to do the stuff that they can do, you know. Yeah, but, you know, every day's a learning day. Mm. I don't know everything. When I was a younger chef, I was like, I have to know everything. Like, I was so obsessed about knowing everything. Like, I wanted to know every single mushroom that you could get in this country and exactly when it was in season and, you know, all the finer details. But you just do your head in. You just go, oh, Mm. God. And you learn along the way. You know, like, a couple of weeks ago, I went foraging down in Cornwall. Like, I've used sea veg before. Did I know much about it? No. But, like, you sort of, you just have to learn that as you go along. And I think, you know, you sort of, it, it takes a while to get, away from that of that sort of maybe I don't know I guess that sort of stubbornness of going come on right I need to know everything and I I will try and do everything myself because you you actually can't do everything yourself you know Mm. you have to learn you are a team somebody's input your opinion might be completely wrong and they might be right and you have to take that on board yeah and it's quite hard if you're a stubborn person to go right they were right but (laughs) um yeah you just have to that's how you grow isn't it that's how you get to where you get and 
you, I'll never go any higher if I am uber stubborn and not willing to listen to other people. Was it, did you say his name is Gibbo? Yeah. How did that work if you both kind of started at the same level and then uh, so we, we talk, went... there was no weirdness there or? No, no, no. no. Um, so we both started chef to party, then went to senior chef to party. We had a couple of sous chefs come in that didn't last and yeah. And then as soon as the our second sous chef left, I don't know, I just started taking stuff off of Paul. So like he'd be doing all the orders on his days off and, you know, you could see him going, God, I just want a day off. So I'd be like, oh, I'll do it. Like I was doing the cleaning orders. I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll do this and I'll do that. And I sort of, yeah, I guess whenever I'm in a lower position, I always think, okay, I was chef to party then or senior chef to party then. I wasn't seeing a chef to party. I I was sous chef when I was chef to party because I think you always have to look about the next stage up if you want to progress. If you're happy being chef to party, be chef to party. But like, I was a chef to party before I became a chef to party because I'd done the work to get to be a chef to party. And that's the same as when I went from chef to party to sous chef. Like, I was sous chef when I was chef to party because I worked for it and I grafted. You know, when I was sous chef, I was a head chef. Like, because you just have to, I think if you really want to push in this industry, you have to look at the what's the next level what can I do next where can I go next what can I do to improve and you know sort of look at that side of things so when it happened no you know like we were both we, we get on really well and like there was no weirdness to it you know you know I, I worked for it and you know maybe he's not quite ready and he will be at some stage he'll be he'll be there he'll be he'll be the top and he's great um but no there was no weirdness we were a team at the end of the day so yeah that's awesome though because it could obviously some places yeah i've worked in toxic places before where you're looking at the person next to you going yeah i know you want that job for so do I. <laughs> you know? yeah but that, that's some really good advice i feel there because i feel like too much today people in your situation would have been like oh and i fucked it. i'm not doing head chef roles if i'm only a, a sue because i'm not getting paid for it you know yeah. and it i feel like that that's a really good lesson for anyone young listening now yeah. if you're working in a kitchen i'm not saying you should work your bollocks off for free no. but like if you have ambitions to go forward start doing some of them little jobs that might get you yeah. to the next level and doing before and don't say oh well no they're head chef jobs and i i'm getting i'm not getting a head chef's wage you no know? yeah no yeah yeah it's that's, a great that's way of it. yeah yeah but not many people do i don't think i mean you'd say it casually like it's the done thing but i'm not sure it really is i think i think it comes down to with that a lot of people are just in jobs they don't want to do anyway well they're not yeah. bothered mm. yeah, my job for like i ain't bothered i'll just do, go in yeah. and do what i do I'm yeah. not, i don't particularly want to be there get bored easily as well do you know what i mean mm. if i'm doing the same thing day in day out oh, christ this is so boring so i like to look for like the next thing and mm. yeah i guess that's where it comes from i'll be like right so what would somebody senior do and i'll do it and you know i can't learn any other way and yeah, that's what. That's how I do it. And Were you surprised when he asked you to be head chef? Yeah. 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 Very surprised. It took about a month for me to decide, if I'm completely honest, because <laughs> it was. You had to think about accepting the role. Yeah. 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 Because I think when you commit to something like that, you really have to go. This is like a minimum of another 12, 18 months of my life. Mm. You know, I can't just be like, oh, I'm head chef now. I'm going to leave in three months because I haven't gained anything you know that would look really shit on my cv um and i've put all the hard work in to get to that point and i didn't just want to take that badge and go yeah i was head chef you know um so yeah i spoke to sonar about it i spoke to like other friends in the industry about it whether it was the right decision there's you know a lot of factors of like the commute and stuff and did i still want to do that so there was there was a bit of back and forth but i think that's the most sensible thing 
that you, like I could have done. Like I didn't just want to go, yeah, I'll do it. Mm. And then maybe six months down the line, I'm like, why have I done this? You I'm know? sure you weren't just holding out for more money? Ah, no. <laughs> Making him sweat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, definitely not. It was, yeah, it was just sort of for me, really, to really think about it and is this what I want to do? Is trying to maintain a star, what I want to do. Because you were there when it got the star, obviously. Yeah. What was that like? Oh, it was insane. It was ridiculous. And I'm so glad that I was part of it. Um, and I've been thinking about it recently. It's... um. That that day, I will never, ever get back. Whether I move on and if I'm ever lucky enough or work for it, if I ever get one of my own, I can never change that feeling in that day when we got it as a team because it was just unbelievable. So we found out. So that was when they were doing the like events in London. Um, so it was 2018. And um, I went, well, to be honest, I thought we were going to get it in the first year, which thinking about it was really ambitious. <laughs> Um, so we opened in the February and then they did the awards in the October of 17 and I was like yeah we've got it we fucking got it and I remember watching it on YouTube at home and I was like, I was so disappointed when we didn't but then I was like yeah that is really ambitious to get it in that short time and then in the 2018 we all agreed that we didn't want to find out we wanted to find out on the day we didn't want to be told because chef got an email from them and that's generally how it works if you, I think it was on the Friday they send the emails out to the people they don't say you've got a star. They just go, oh, you're invited to this event in London on Monday. And you're like, okay, fine. I'm pretty sure that is what it is. Yeah. Um, It'd be a horrible thing to do that way. Just invite him back. <laughs> this is Thanks what for you coming. Could have Maybe won. next year. <laughs> yeah, see you later. <laughs> um, and it was on the Friday. And all of a sudden, Chef went a bit weird. And he was like smiling ear to ear. And I was literally like, oh, I think we've got it. And because we'd made that deal, right, we're not going to say. And then... He was on the phone to Sat Baines in the morning. I was like, yeah, we've definitely fucking got it because he never speaks to him. Like, not in the morning anyway. Like, he'll he'll phone him, like, maybe in an evening or something. But I was like, why is he phoning him in the morning? I was like, yeah, we've got it. We've definitely got it. And then for the whole... I was on Source at that time. And for the whole morning and, like, the rest of the weekend, he was being so annoying and kept going, so what are you doing on Monday? And I was like, it's my day off, probably nothing. He was like, oh, no plans or anything. I was like no why have you and he's like no no nothing planned and it was constant i was like, just fuck off like i'm trying to cook like fine and then i was like I, in my head i was like yeah we've got it because he's being so irritating about it i was like we've definitely got it so he obviously wants to make sure we're free and we're going to watch the event and then on the monday i couldn't sleep the sunday night and i was like it was, you know like exam result day at school yeah, when you're yeah, yeah. so nervous and i was like yeah can't sleep woke up monday looked at his Instagram and he'd posted like this post that he was at the restaurant doing paperwork and I was literally like maybe we haven't got it maybe Mm. he was just being annoying for no reason (laughs) and uh, then on so I drove home because I thought if we get it I want to be with my parents when we get it because that you know they're the people that have sort of encouraged me through the industry and I want to be with them and watch it and uh, I got home and it was I just didn't know what to do with myself took the dog for a a walk and I was like oh god it's like I think it was like half four it was on or something and I was like oh come on come on it needs to be on now and then we started watching it and it was all you know like the crap they do before it's all that like you're like come on just do the awards come on guys, yeah, stop yeah, talking. Yeah. Come skip on, to come the on, end <laughs> Gibbo texted me and he said have you seen Staff Canteen's Instagram story I was like no looked on it and there was a picture they'd taken a picture and Paul was there and I was literally like 
oh my god and I just cried <laughs> I was literally on my knees in the middle of the lounge crying going, oh my god <laughs> my mum was hugging me my dad was like just, all right calm down it's just you know just relax I was like okay fine um and then yeah just watched it and then it popped up because well, it, it pops up just Stratford upon Avon mm. first and you just like, shh yeah we've got it and then and it was just amazing incredible from then on in nectar bottle of champagne went out for dinner that was it nice yeah it and it was it's just so good and I'm yeah I'm glad we did it with the people that we had you know me it was me chef and Gibbo from the start and we were there when we got it and it was yeah great do you find that it makes I mean it's, it's just gonna sound daft because obviously it does make a big difference but does it make that much more of a difference to your bookings and your restaurant after that moment yeah it did so do your yeah. bookings go off the chart then yeah it did it did I think that was potentially like the busiest November we've ever had if I'm right in saying that but then you sort of people then are more critical of you yeah you know you get that Mm, this is not normal Michelin star restaurants do and it's like all right <laughs> okay I tend to find when I notice a place got a star it's not more critical I get it's less forgiving yeah I think that's I think I'm guilty of that especially if you go to a two and a three yeah like three I've got no forgiveness for anything <laughs> <laughs> like if I hear someone sneeze I'm like right thought this was a fucking three star place <laughs> going on yeah it's um it's been great, but then I also forget we have it, especially when we first got it. You know, after that that day of getting it, it was like, great, we've got it. On Wednesday, you're back to work, and then people go, oh, congratulations, and you're like, oh, shit, yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I suppose even now I kind of forget, and I probably, I said this to Chef on Saturday, we were just having a chat, and I, I said I think I'm quite naive to the fact of how good it is that we have it, and that I've been there from the start, and we've maintained it up till now and i probably won't appreciate how good that is until it no when i maybe when i never leave chef if you're listening to this um but you know if i moved on you know that's when i think i'll be like oh shit actually that's pretty good isn't it it's pretty impressive it's always on your cv though isn't it like you know i want, I want to yeah. start with this restaurant yeah oh, yeah wow. <laughs> instantly it gets your recognition people yeah. who don't know anything will be like oh wow <laughs> that's yeah good. <laughs> yeah no it's great there's a bit more pressure now, though, because uh, I'm really nervous for this one. Because it'll be first... So last year, when the guide came out, I was head chef for six months. So I was a bit like, yeah, I'll be fine. We've got it. And, you know, I said chef on Saturday. I was like, like yeah, last year I was I was quite relaxed about it because I thought, well, if we lose it, I'll just blame it on you. You know, you had six months, but <laughs> I had six months. So this year, I'm like, I'm really nervous. I always get nervous anyway, but I'm super nervous this year. Does it change your cooking in any way? Like when you're putting dishes together or something? Um... No, I don't think that has. I think just learning and developing as a chef myself. I think we've all sort of, you know, you refine things a little bit more. And but I haven't gone, oh, that's that's not a Michelin dish, like because what is a Michelin dish, you know? It's no. I just <laughs> as as I've developed like that fish dish that I cooked for you, like if I didn't now, I'd probably do it completely differently. That's the journey I think I'm going on. From like twelve months ago, my cooking style was probably very different. And like I said, you learn things every day of different techniques and different ingredients that. Yeah, I think you, that's what you need to do is you need to develop as you go along. I'd be worried if my cooking style was the same as it was 12 months ago. I was about mm. to say, if you stand still, does that just mean you've lost interest? Or... Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think and so I think too. if I got to that point, then I'd, I'd go, I'm moving on. Mm. Whether it's true or not, because I'm like quite self-critical, stubborn, whatever, but I'll be just be like, oh, if I get to that point, then I know I've had enough because it's not worth it. If you, you know what I mean? You start If your food reflects that you're not happy and you're not developing, then well... I think you need to, you need to as a chef you need to go right. It's time for me to find something else. Or how closely does Paul work with you? Is he a good mentor? Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's really great. 
He's I can a... imagine it's so much fun. I can imagine just a day where he comes storming into the kitchen, like ranting and raving about TripAdvisor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, but, no, he's But then he's behind really the great. scenes, I'd imagine he's very, I don't know, attentive sounds a bit. No, he's, he's, he's <laughs> yeah. very supportive. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I first started, I'd worked for him for five months and, you know, we got on really well then. But I, now I've been there six years. Like, he's a friend now. Do you know what I mean? It's not, he's not just my boss. And, yeah, he helped me for a bit of a rough time in the first year. I suffered with anxiety, depression, but he was always there. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I didn't want to stop working. I was like, I have to work. God, what else am I going to do? Cry about it. Like, no. Like, I was like, I need to keep working. And he was there to support me. And, you know, even if it was the tiniest thing, I'd go to him. This is all shit. It's all gone wrong. He'd be like, no. Like, come on, it's fine. Like, you've got this. And yeah, I mean, he helped me through, really. You become a family, don't you? Like, I see more of him than I do, and like the rest of the team, than I do my actual family. Mm. So you have to have that person that supports you and encourages you. And yeah, I I mean, I wouldn't be in the position I am now if it wasn't for him. If I'd never met him, I wouldn't have been where I am. So he's, he's a great guy. Sometimes he irritates me. Not lie. <laughs> I think he knows that. Like I just, I just roll my eyes and just go, "All right, chef, whatever. Just shut up." He's <laughs> just such a big personality. Yeah, he? he's brilliant. But he's, he's a great businessman as well. You know, mm. he's, he's, he, I've learned so much off of him in that sense. And he's never, he's always got time for all of us. You know, even yeah. if he's not there, if he's working on something else or on, a, I don't know, on a day off or something, if there's a problem, text him, phone him. And he'll say he's on telly a lot as well. Every time I put James Martin on, like, I'm like, hang yeah, on, he can't be on again. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> he was on last week. Has he just done a stint Yeah, down it's there? not even a repeat. It's every bloody week, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, he's a great guy, despite, yeah, what Twitter might say. Yeah, it's fine. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, Twitter's an exaggerated version of just madness, in my yeah. opinion, anyway. It's a strange place, isn't it? Twitter's black and white is the problem, I think. People make up their mind instantly, whether you're... It's like, do you know the old days of watching WWF wrestling? Yeah. And you had the heels and the good, <laughs> like the good guys. And it's like, Twitter's just the big version of that, isn't it? Yeah. Like, everyone's looking for... Oh, you're either good or you're bad, <laughs> you know? There's yeah. no in-between. You're just yeah, good yeah. or bad, and that's that. And you can either play up to it a little bit yeah. <laughs> and be the bad guy, or you can, uh, you know, I don't know. Twitter's a weird place. I don't think you lose either way, though. No, like whichever side not. you're on, I think it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it just works. You know what I mean? Like people I mean, like that pantomime. Anyone who knows aspect him, of it. Anyone knows Paul like more than just Twitter. They they know he's a good guy. Like you know? yeah, yeah, he really is. Yeah, it's uh, forget Twitter. It doesn't matter. Would you do TV or would I do TV? If I was asked, sure. Yeah. Have they not asked? Well, no. Greybish menu must have asked. Surely Greybish menu. No. No, they haven't. They haven't. Because you get the people in there, don't you? Eating regularly. Yeah, we had. Yeah. The first year, everybody came in. Does that make you nervous? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We had Lisa Allen in week before last yeah oh my god i was so nervous cooking for her yeah. right and like i was shaking and she came up to pass at the end and she was like thank you for everything i was like oh my god i was so nervous cooking for you and she was like why and i was just like i just was i do get nervous for those sort of people but it's what it is isn't it you, you kind of touched on um that you suffered with a little bit of depression mm. like we don't we don't have to go into no, personal well, I, don't mind, I don't mind talking about it you have to talk about it do, i think do you suffer like imposter syndrome or anything um yeah, I've always thought, yeah, I'm not really a chef. Do you know what I mean? This yeah. is all a bit of a dream and I haven't really... I've, I don't know, I always think now, like, sometimes I go, yeah, I'm not really a head of my mind. I'm just here just because just he had to promote me. But it's, that's not true at all, do no. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And he would say, it's, you promoted me for a reason. And yeah, less so now. But um, 
maybe a few years ago when it was like anxiety was really bad yeah I'd be like yeah I shouldn't be a crap and I'm just here to sort of fill a gap for somebody else before they come in and take my job and stuff and yeah it's hard but I I suppose that is what anxiety is isn't it and it's weird because I'm I'm glad I went through that in my life you know because Mm. you now I I know how to cope with it I still have it I'm always going to have it you know but I've got the coping mechanisms to be able to go when I when I can feel myself going everything's out of control Mm. I can go right what do I need to do to stop this and calm myself down? And so far it's worked, you know. I used to have panic attacks quite a lot, but now I haven't had one in, I don't know, maybe like four years. Because if before it gets to that point, I now know how to control it to like bring it back down. Is there something you've read or watched videos or anything that's managed to kind of... Like, I, where well, did I know you I learn had therapy to... for six yeah, months yeah. Um, in my first year when I was at Salt, um, which really helped. It was yeah. every, every, like one hour every week, which I needed... Because it's amazing what they do. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? They just sort of unlock your brain. It's like a puzzle, isn't it? They it's take it brilliant. apart, put it back together, yeah. and you're just like, oh, okay, fine. Because there's still a little bit... Of, well, I don't even think it's a little bit. There's still quite a big stigma about talking about going for help. And I don't know about in hospitality. I work in construction at my yeah. main job, and it's still big there. Like, you know, yeah. you, you tell the lads, oh, what's going... They're like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know? And it's like, no, nothing's big. It's just, you know, every now and again, I need to go and sort this out. And being in touch with that kind of your feelings and knowing yourself. And then when you know, oh, this is about to happen. Yeah. And being able to cope with that. That's uh, uh, just massive, isn't it? Yeah. Something you learn. Do you feel like the industry kind of I think, contributes to the anxiety and depression? Like, It's such a tough industry. I think it does. Yeah. For me, I kept working because I had to. Because, it, you know, it was something for me to do. And when you go through that sort of thing, it's all the thought processes in your head. Mm-hmm. When I was busy, I was fine. And that's how I mm-hmm. coped with it. So when I was working, it was brilliant because I never thought about it. It was only when I stopped, you know, like when we finished a shift or something, then I'd be like, oh, my God, all these thoughts again. But I think in some places it probably exacerbates a lot of anxiety, depression. But then they're just the wrong places. You know, they mm-hmm. haven't got the set up and you know, they haven't got like the support of people like Chef, like... I think people need to recognise that it's okay not to be okay. Mm. Everybody, we're not robots, you know. Like, at some point in our lives, we will all be affected by it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so important for to have that in hospitality where people can recognise, like, early symptoms of anxiety, potentially. Mm-hmm. Like, spot burnout when that's going to happen, mm. you know. That's, that's probably the hardest thing. And just not put so much pressure on ourselves. Mm. At the end of the day, we're cooking a bit of dinner. Like Sonar says, we're not saving lives. We're cooking dinner. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's all we're doing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I know that's easier said than done, but there is support out there. And, you know, it's, it is getting the right help and being with the right people, surrounding yourself with the right people to try and get you through that. And, yeah, it's a tough industry. It's long hours. It's crap pay sometimes, you know. it's And that would make, particularly now, God, with everything going on. Yeah. And, energy bills and stuff like yeah the pays for some people probably isn't great before we move on like um obviously burnt chef is another podcast yeah. that i listen to a lot chris yeah, chris hall and they just do some wicked stuff with the yeah. industry like so if anyone does struggle or yeah you know check them out and just see what resources they've got and stuff like yeah. that you know there's so many things out there yeah so many different yeah websites it's great it's on. getting bigger and bigger i mean we've both had our problems with mm, it and yeah. i don't think we know someone that doesn't or i know could certainly do without her like yeah. It just seems it's something everyone's got in their own sort yeah. of way. It's just it, in past, it's always been the more extreme end yeah. that's required help. But yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to be the extreme no. end. You don't have to be like stood on the edge of a bridge to go and get 
but that's the thing that extreme end is because it wasn't supported and it Mm. wasn't recognized in the early stages do you Mm. mean and i'm so grateful you know i got it at a time where therapy i got it through the nhs and the waiting list was only six weeks but at that time that was a long time so i thought then i was like god what if you know what if people some people can't make it through that six weeks and you know with the with the pandemic i I suppose that really enhanced a lot more anxiety and um so yeah i don't i don't know what support system like is now on like waiting lists to get to therapy but you know there are so many other options out there hospitality action Mm. project so many different things i think a lot of companies away from that just have their own thing yeah my company have got it your company pretty yeah. good with it and sending yeah. you on training for it and stuff like that yeah. got mental health first aiders and stuff which is becoming a big thing they're yeah. pretty good do you feel a big responsibility to your team now that you're a manager looking out for that kind of thing yeah i do yeah i really do and it's it, yeah i do, absolutely because i don't want anybody to to feel how i felt at mm. all like it's because it was it just it was destroying and it's it you know it doesn't just affect you it affects family and friends and stuff you know they have to see you go through it and just, mm. like you, i don't want anyone to feel that way and you know i encourage everybody to go on breaks and make sure you mm. get plenty of rest and you know don't do anything on your day off don't text me about work because you're thinking about work you shouldn't be thinking <laughs> about work just go and enjoy your three days off and yeah, relax and binge something on netflix yeah, <laughs> yeah just find something just not that yeah. jeffrey dharma thing oh my, oh my god have you, are you watching I it? Watched it you've watched it i turned it, yeah. it off it's horrible <laughs> i said see i told you about it then you watched it and i ain't watched it yet and now i'm hearing loads of stuff about it it's like fuck i'm gonna watch it stop talking I started the first episode about two in the morning last week oh, and why I would turned, you do that turned it off. And, uh, <laughs> nope <laughs> it's honestly i'm checking the spare bedroom before i go to bed that's it's how bad horrible. it is <laughs> it's Man, horrific do about that but you had steak tatar at the church the other night and i was i know yeah. it yeah the church, and i was like oh god i can't i just i love steak <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like no why i can't do that but yeah, um, a bit of TV thrown in for the people as well. TV, yeah. <laughs> there you go. TV recommendations and everything on this podcast. Yeah, watch it. It's fucked up. <laughs> I know that's quite heavy, and I f- the yeah, ne- sorry, it was very heavy. No, but don't, I, don't apologize. You know, like, people don't talk about it's it and so bring important. it up. Then it's, yeah, I'm so happy you brought it up. To yeah, me too. Yeah. We talk yeah, about it's these so things. important. But it, the, the only thing is, the next thing I've got to talk about is quite heavy as well, and it's Go like on. so obviously, <laughs> how, how many mission stars have you got in the West Midlands? Like eight seven or eight and you're the only female yeah i know it's weird isn't it <laughs> it's so it, weird it, so you'd think there'd be more if you had eight for example let's just say yeah. eight to only have one female head yeah. chef it does it do, doesn't seem proportional i think you'd have to go for to london for the next female head chef i think i think that's the closest you'd have to go um, obviously i can't yeah. ask you to talk for a whole <laughs> for a whole sex of people what <laughs> why why do you think that that is like it's crazy um I, th- I don't know I, sh- I I sort of struggle with this like I'm really proud that I am the only and I believe the first ever female head chef of a Michelin style restaurant in the Midlands mm. which is great you know but I don't like to let that define me mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. my gender has never got in the way of anything I do like I want to do what I want to do and mm-hmm. I'll go and do it like mm. I played rugby for Hampshire when I was a teenager you know which some people are like oh it's quite a boyish sport but no like, I like doing it so I'll go and do it and I played football all these sorts of things so when it comes to like work I just I don't I'm not any different to anybody else like I mm. should just be recognized on the fact that I'm a chef you know hundred oh, yeah, percent if it was written down on paper and you didn't know anybody's gender like you, you know what I mean you just that that's my cv and it's great and it's brilliant and i'm there because i work there 
so I just I just find it a bit strange that I think probably the higher you get as well in the industry my gender is obviously more recognized and stuff mm. and I just don't really understand why I don't understand the fascination behind it oh. like yeah I think it's, it's a shame that it's it's a shame that it's a subject it's broader yeah in the same sense it gets brought up because it is a thing yeah it is mm. what it is and I understand that and it's great and I'm really proud of that but I don't like to let that define me. Mm. I think we're sort of on a, a dangerous sort of path of going like, you know, like promoting like female led teams. Like for me, that's not progressive. If you want this industry to be the best that it can be, we need to encourage people from all different backgrounds, mm-hmm. from all different sort of educations. Like we don't need to start sort of then separating people out by something like their gender. I just. Mm. It's a really tricky one because I know mm. there's so many people out there, but like, oh my god, you're so wrong. But like for me, there's no, no right or wrong. No, answer. you're no, allowed your opinion as well. Bit... Like if you think something, that's do you get many young female chefs who like want to come on stages because yeah, like, we had an yeah. apprentice recently called Sarah. She was brilliant. She was but did lovely. she specifically choose there because you were the yeah. head chef? Yeah, which I was just like, what? What? This is weird. <laughs> um, and then she sent her. Uh, the guy that's running her apprenticeship, he sent Paul a lovely message saying how nice it was to work with me and inspirational to see a woman in such a high position, which is great, you know. And I don't deny, I don't, I like, I look up to uh, like my favorite head chef, my favorite chef in the country is Claire Smith. Like she's incredible, like yeah. incredible. But she hasn't got to where she's got just because she's a female. She's yeah. got there because she's grafted and she's the best chef in the country. Mm-hmm. Have you eaten down there? Yet? Yeah. I went for my 30th last year. I've never eaten in a three star. So I was like, 30, three star, we'll oh, do yeah, that. Quiet. But the only table I could get was at quarter to 10. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. We didn't leave until like one. And I was just like, oh, yeah. this is the latest I've ever eaten. But yeah, it was incredible. And I met her and I'm massively fangirled. And there's a horrendous <laughs> picture of me. And I'm so like geeky. So there was a, it was me, Sona and her. And uh, Sona posted it on his Instagram. I was like, you are editing me out because I look awful. <laughs> so it's just a nice picture of him and her. And I was like, great. Yeah, it's it's an it's an amazing restaurant. Yeah, it's on the very very at the top of my list. Yeah, the place I've got to go to. Definitely go. She is a leading he- chef, so why don't we just leave it at that? Not she's yeah. Not, do you know what I mean because like in awards and stuff, you don't go male chef. Do you know what I mean? It's always like in publications, it's female chef all the time. It's not like oh, there's male chef. I just I don't know. It's a strange one. Yeah, it comes up chef or yeah. female chef. It should just be yeah. chef. Yeah. I did. You know, there's no. You're a chef. It's not defined by your gender at yeah, all. Yeah, you haven't had to, you haven't had to add a label there. No, it's just, it's just yeah. We're both cooking you dinner. Exactly. So yeah. I think now more than ever, it's like madly obvious that there's just a massive short shortage of chefs altogether. Yeah. Yeah. There is. There is. And it, it comes down to education. For me, it's education because I remember when I was what 15, when you're picking what you want to go on to do, like mm. A levels or whatever. So back home, there's a really good A-level college, which is one I went to, Peter Simmons, like amazing college. Um, but that's where everybody went. Do you know what I mean? It was always, well, you sort of need, like everybody was encouraged to go to Peter Simmons. And if you didn't, it's like, Ooh, what are you going to do? And it was always, well, you're going to catering. Do you know what I mean? That catering's always like seemed as the lesser, but why? Because it's an amazing industry to be in hospitality. It can take you all over the world. There's so many opportunities, so many different paths you can go down. Um, and I think that's where it needs to be encouraged from the very start. Not 
I'll go and do your A-levels, go to uni, go to try and get a job afterwards. How about you go to college, you study catering, and then you'll get a job. All right, the pay at the moment, when you first start, probably isn't great. But for somebody of such a young age, just start building off of that, you know? And that, that I think that's where this industry needs to change. And probably the government and education needs to change, is really focus on the less academic subjects. Definitely. You know? But if you think about it, though, what so if you come... By the time you get into a kitchen, you're 18. There's not many jobs that are well paid when you're 18 to kind no. of 30 anyway, you know. Because no. like you said, if you're introduced to it very young, like I probably would have stuck out if I had a better option. Like I left school, started business, but I ended up in like a just a chain kitchen and yeah. didn't, did not enjoy it. But if, you, if, if it was open to me from the beginning, you know, you could go and get um, work experience in this kitchen, you could go yeah. down this route, then you, I might have stuck at it better. And, it, and that was... 16 years ago and i don't think it's changed that much no and mm. i think the education system sort of is built for one style of person and how one you know that person learns but not everybody learns in the mm. same way but it's built for accountants if you want to be an accountant yeah. our education system is perfect yeah it's pretty victorian still isn't it like yeah. it's a victorian concept that hasn't yeah. changed at all We're so far behind the, the rest of europe change. on stuff like this yeah. like germany they don't even go to school they just fuck around in the forest for like the first few years of school. They don't even go to school. Yeah, most places don't start till five or six. Do no. they? And we've got sats here, like testing fucking 12-year-olds that aren't sleeping because they're worried about an exam at 12. Like fucking 12. But, it's, it, but nobody, not, you don't, no, not everybody learns in the same way. It's, no. you know, I didn't learn in the same way. I didn't hate school. I wasn't particularly great at it because I just didn't get it, you know? I didn't under, it wasn't for me. It wasn't the way that it was all structured. It wasn't for me and... You know, that's why I had to retake my master's GCSE because I just there was, it was just so much and I wanted to go do my A-levels to sort of prove everybody wrong. They said I couldn't, so I was like, oh, I'll go do it then. And then it was all, don't think you'll go to uni. Oh, I'll go to uni then. And I went to uni for two years. <laughs> so Cooking can be so creative as well. Like, uh, exactly. You think of some of these brilliant art minds, like artistic minds and what they could have done if they were encouraged from a younger yeah. age. You know, like Alex, Alex Claridge, so creative. Yeah. Look what he creates like. Brilliant. Yeah. There's yeah. so many people that like I've spoken to like as I get got older and they go, God, I wish I had a job like yours where I didn't have to sit at a desk all day. Mm. Well, you could have done. Mm -hmm. Don't mean why not? Why don't you just go do that now? Come into hospitality. It's great. Do it. Does that happen often? Does many people that like in their thirties or anything did they come across or um, what start in? Yeah, the just think you know what yeah. I've had enough of being a, a, an accountant or a lawyer or even not even that just an office clerk. Yeah, there's been there's been a few that I've met. Yeah, they've just gone right. I've had enough of that. I'm gonna try hospitality. I like cooking. Let's go do it. And they do. And I think yeah, it's great. I think you can go into it at any stage. You know, it is it is harder probably the older you mm. get. And but if that's what you want to do, go do it. There's nothing nothing stopping you from doing it. And there's so many different avenues you can go in. Like, apprenticeships aren't just for like 16 year olds. They can go up until like your later years, mm. a lot later. Mm. So it's, and you know, any time. And that, mm. I think that's what should be encouraged, really. But There's so many like roles as well, like in hospitality. You don't think like if you just love pastry, there is, I mean, we've spoke to people who their sole job was working in a, a large hotel where they just done pastry. Yeah. You know, there's loads of that, isn't there? Yeah, so. yeah. Or front of house there's just so many roles travel options think I think yeah. that's how they could sell it at school just say be a chef You'll travel if you want world. to you can see the whole fucking world yeah Yeah. we spoke to so many people like well, that we speak, there's so many chefs and, yeah I went to this country then I went over yeah. to here then I went over to here and you're like man's been yeah. three years and seen half the planet I, I regret not doing that. I've only ever worked in France. I did that for three months whilst I was at um, uni, like in between my two years. We had to do a placement. It was either stay in England for the summer 
we'll go to France or something. I'm going to France then. <laughs> Where do you um, work in France? Was it like one of the big missions? No. No, I was too scared then. Um, it was just a family-run restaurant in the middle of the Loire Valley, and it was amazing. And yeah, it was the whole summer. Spent my birthday on my own, but I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm in France. And just ate cheese and bread and pastries, and it was brilliant. Sold. I lost weight as well. I thought, cool, what? all this cheese and stuff I'm eating, and I came back and I lost weight. I was like, great. <laughs> right, that's it. I'm just eating cheese and <laughs> drinking wine now. Here comes the weight loss. Mission star chef Tom May. That all you do to lose weight <laughs> is cheese and bread. So I love cheese sandwiches, so I'm all over that anyway. <laughs> do you have any? Like, Paul, switch it off now. But do you have any plans to open your own restaurant or anything? Um, I've thought about it. It's not something I desperately want to do. Do you think if... most chefs think about it, like it's always there in the back of the mind? Yeah, yeah, I think, but... I think if you're ambitious, yeah. I think Paul would be annoyed if you didn't want to open your own <laughs> yeah. restaurant one day. Maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do and I don't. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. I suppose uh, now is not the financial time to be looking at no. striking out and I'm right, I'm going to open my own restaurant. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it should be happening, unless you're going to open one in Stratford and call it Pepper or something. <laughs> well, I know, I said that because there was a restaurant next door and I, when, when we opened as Salt, Pepper. I said they always should have rebranded as Pepper. <laughs> I would have done just to piss him off. Yeah, or vinegar. <laughs> That'd be a good uh, prank, that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Who knows, Sona can run front of house. I was going to say, you and Sona would be like a dream team. Like, I was going to say, if I win the lottery and if I want to open a restaurant, I'm coming to you and Sona too. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the money, just go and do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see one day. Any other plans, ambitions? Uh, for the restaurant, I really want to get four rosettes. That's mm. my next sort of goal. It was for this year, so I was really disappointed a couple of weeks ago when they had the awards. And what did you just have three or? We got three. Three, yeah. yeah. So we got the three just before we got the star. Mm. Um, Three's hard to get as well, though. Yeah. There's yeah, not yeah. many threes and fours about. Is no. it go all the way Fours five? is hard to get. Four and five are very hard to get. So I was like, uh, so in January, I just wrote down some things that I wanted to achieve. And I was like, I want four rosettes this year. And we knew it wouldn't sort of happen until we got the refurbs that happened in April. Um, and then we've ha- we have had one inspection, um, and as far as we know, we haven't heard anybody else. So yeah, I was a bit disappointed. But I spoke to Chef, and he was like, "Again, it's quite ambitious to try and get it from April till September." And they probably would have made the decision prior to that. And you know, he's like, "But it will come." He was like, "Maybe another year or so," and that's yeah, that's the eventual aim. Front of house has changed a little bit. So Jack, our manager, he's just left. Um, so we've got another guy coming in in November. So once that's stable, hopefully, that's what we're aiming for. But Everyone knows about Michelin star and how like weirdly secretive it is. Like no mm. one really knows what you have to do to get a star or yeah. two star or three. I think I know less about the AI. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Um. Did they have like a set criteria you could at least try and aim for? Or yeah. So as far as I'm aware, I might be wrong on this, but they it's from the moment they book to from mm. the second they leave, they will judge everything. And but it's that's based on front of house as well. Um. So it. To get four, it would be for everybody because we've all achieved that. Whereas they say Michelin's just... So they say. Who knows? Who knows? God knows. It's fucking mad business either way. Yeah, it is mad. Well, these secretive little inspectors that come round and just... Like make or break a whole career yeah. essentially, especially if they take a, especially if they take a star off someone. Like you can, if you that can was break your job. a person, inspector. 
Don't be like. I know. I always oh. think that's probably quite a good one. But then, if you think you're AA inspector as well, you have to go to all of. It's not just all of the four and five rosettes you have to go to, and the threes. It's it's everywhere. The ones and the twos. They don't always get to eat out in the nicer place, but yeah. I still won't mind it. Still, <laughs> oh, I'll take still it. Still be well up for that. Well, we're doing it now, just for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we're paying to do it. Yeah, we're paying to, <laughs> we're do, just paying to do it. <laughs> we don't get a say. We don't get to pick any stars. We don't get. Yeah. A, you know. I feel bad because I've actually wrote all these questions and I haven't even looked at it. But... That's, what... oh, that's why I stopped writing them. I just write the pages and pages of questions and I just I shit. If I want to ask it, I'll think of it while I'm there. <laughs> you know what? It's all. We've, we've, we've done it. We've done it. Yeah. Oh. You basically cover a lot of the stuff just yeah, naturally. Well, yeah. That's how it goes, isn't it? It's good. It's just a conversation. It's not that bad, was it? You were nervous. I was so nervous. All day, I've just been shit. Blows my mind how many people are nervous. Like, and I haven't sworn that much, so my mum will be alright. No, you want to throw a few in now? Just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was there anything else you wanted to bring up before? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that's it. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, see we'll what happens. This is the future. Can we, we do gone? another one in a couple of years. See where I'm at. Yeah, when you when put your own place. Yeah, with Sonar. <laughs> with you and Sonar. Yeah. Krug on tap. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, I'm there. I'm there. I love Sonar, but. Would there be any point in doing a joint when we're you and Sonal? Because you ain't getting away with <laughs> <twice. No. laughs> Although I was miffed on the one he did where he said that I use all the pots and pans when I'm cooking at home. I'm cheeky little shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, at least I put my dirty socks in the wash basket though, don't there I? There you go. You got that worked in there. <laughs> Payback. So just a few questions to end the show. You've heard it, so you know what the questions yeah. are already. What's your favourite movie? It's a film called Pan's Labyrinth, which is a yes, Spanish film. I love that film. Great yeah, film. it's on telly a lot as well. Yeah, when I'm flicking through telly so at night, it's always like ITV3 or something. But whenever I say that, people think I'm saying Labyrinth, you know, the weird one with David Bowie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, Pan's yeah. Labyrinth, Spanish one. Brilliant. That's horrible. Yeah, it's it? really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great director. Del Toro. Yeah, yeah, he's crazy yeah. good. Yeah. And that film's fantastic. I love the monsters. It's I just so love, good. As soon as you see a monster, you're like, oh, I know who made this film. Because yeah. all these monsters, they look different. But the same. Because I think mm. he was meant to do Harry Potter, but he said no because it would be too scary. Yeah. When you like, when you watch that, you get yeah. No, Essentially, Pan's like Labyrinth. To watch that, like, though. there's only one monster I think that is actually scary, and that's the one with the eyeballs in his hands. Oh, yeah, brilliant one. Mm. But all the others are actually quite nice. Yeah. But still, absolutely terrifying. It's so <laughs> like, good. That's a good. That's a great choice. Which favorite band or artist? Ooh, that's hard. That. So I I genuinely can listen to any music. Yeah, I'm not. Same. And people, oh, you can't see that. No, I can. And I just I could listen to anything. Pro- if I had to pick one for the rest of my life, it would probably be Adele because Adele, isn't it? It's just cool. She is cool. And there's nothing wrong with Adele whatsoever. You can have a little cry to her songs. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite cookbook? Ooh. You're not allowed to say so- Paul's. And page forty-three because <laughs> that's what I want. Probably Claire Smith. Chef got that for me for my birthday. Yeah. And I've started reading it and yeah, it's great. It's really cool. Really nice. cool. That's my favorite. Do you have a favourite spirit? No I mean like gin or I mean specifically like brand bottle. Or beer. What's your favourite beer? Yeah, not Carla. No. Awful beer that is. Uh probably Asahi for a beer. Like yeah, Asahi. that's nice. Yeah. It's crisp, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's probably my favourite. Spirit, I don't know. It would be a gin. There is a great one, a Winchester gin. That's that's probably my favourite. Winchester it's nice. Winchester distillery. It's brilliant. What's your favourite big fast food chain? Hang on a sec. Carlin's just a Midland thing, is it? A Birmingham thing? Do they drink it down south? No. I think you can oh, get it somewhere. No, 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 you don't get it in London it, anywhere. Yeah. 
It's like London. If you go to London, it's just fucking Fosters and Carlsberg on every yeah, tap. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's Carlin just seems to be a Birmingham thing. I think it's just our mates. They're just obsessed <laughs> with Carlin. To be fair, I used to drink loads and loads of Carlin back in the day, but then you find craft beer and you're like, oh. Oh, this is f- what beer's meant yeah. to taste oh, what like? What the fuck was that? Oh, right. I'll still drink it if there's nothing else. Like, <laughs> it's worth Yeah, fuck it. I'll drink it. Why not? Uh, which favourite big fast food chain? Mackey D's. See, that's the, probably the most popular answer, isn't it? And they all say With consistency. The board. Yeah, go on in. <laughs> yeah. Other than where your partner works, what's your favourite restaurant in Birmingham? <laughs> Opium, 100%. Nice. You can't fault that, can you? Hang on a second. How can you not... What do you order from McDonald's? How do you not ask them? Oh, well... <laughs> because if the answer's not Big Mac and a strawberry milkshake, then I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, no, it's normally a Big Mac, triple cheeseburger, some nuggets on the side. Nice. Some nuggets being 20. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like why order five? I don't understand what to do, smaller portions yeah. than 20. <laughs> no. Especially nuggets. They're like a pack of crisps. You might as well just get a big one. Which favourite dish you cook at home? A dirty all the pots and pans. Yeah. Do you know, we are useless at cooking at home. I'm being deadly honest. We just don't really do it. It's just quick, easy pasta dishes. I suppose since you're both at work most of the time, you probably just eat at work. And you get home, you go, oh, I just can't really be honest. It's like the last thing you want to do. Beans on toast, to be fair. Like, come on, that's it, done. You know what? I love beans on toast. There's not. I bet there's not many people that chefs or front of house that will get home and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to cook one more weekend. <laughs> no. yeah. Luke. Luke there is a couple that do, yeah. <laughs> Luke Dupinders. What's your favourite food destination in the world? Oh, God. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know on that one. I'd like to go to Italy just to eat my way around Italy. Yeah. But I, there's no particular destination that I've got to go there. Did you watch Chef's Table yet, the pizza one? No. Oh, my God, I'm That's obsessed. Yes. So good. I'm getting a book on pizza as well. I'm def- I've, I've whittled it down to two books now. I don't know which one to get. Pizza looks I easy, but do you know when we've done that podcast with pizza with Mosley? They were like, the way they talked about how difficult it was and how so many things can affect the dough. I was just like, and then watching this chef's table and realising that these people have tried their whole lives to master it and then the weather can change it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like that, fuck that. I'm just, yeah, I'm just ordering in. I'm just going to order it. It's all <laughs> so complex. So fucking good as well, though. Man, I love pizza. <laughs> That's it. What do you like more? Pe- if you had to pick pizza or my fish dish, which would you eat? Your fish dish. Brilliant. Come on, sitting right in front of me. They're saying I've eaten at Poli a lot recently. Have you been to Polo? No. It's fantastic. Do you have sort of a restaurant that's not sort of Michelin in Birmingham that you like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I've yet to eat there. It's good quality. Yeah. Loads of people like, tell us about it all the time. And what you pay for it. Brilliant. You can't, you can't fault it. Right. That's brilliant. It's going back to the top release. <laughs> awesome. Because we even park right by it all the time, don't we? Yeah. To, when we, we go to the And every time stuff. we say, jeez, we still haven't yeah, been we there. Need to go there. <laughs> awesome. That's it. Thank you so Laura. much. Laura, thank you. This has been like amazing. Um, <laughs> good chat. It's all it ever is for us. It's just good chat. Yeah. It's got to be. Really grateful for you coming on. Thank you. Spending some of your well-earned days off. Okay. Uh, <laughs> day out. <laughs> thank you so much. It's thank you. Great. No one, thank you.